So I found a loophole in the whole accidental collision cause clause rather of insurance, right? And that loophole is that it's not applicable if I deliberately aimed for your vehicle now, is it? Think about it. Well, happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. I hope you're lucky enough to get today off. At least today, right? Something, anything. Throw me a bone here, man. I'm going to these donor centers that I'm... It's just polluted with... Old people with no with too much time on their hands. Like, go home, enjoy it. Just get out of this heat. Why did you actually brave this heat, this soul-crushing heat This that you walk out, walk outside and it just smacks you in the face with it? Just and you just you just have to go to the donor center to donate your sad ass blood. Okay. Well, congratulations. Alright. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> You see what the you see what the heat does to people. But that being said, uh, I was gonna do um, I was gonna throw in like a little bonus episode, bring it out yesterday. But nah, fuck it, nah. I thought I'd just stick to my guns because technically today is Labor Day. It is we. It is still the weekend, isn't it? I assume. I've been uh, I've been inundated with um, ideas, like just all of a sudden, like I don't know, I don't know what it is, but my brain has been working overtime. Uh, one of the first ideas I had was, um, and maybe this already exists, right? But maybe uh, it's an app <clears throat> that you can stream your music that you like from whatever source, whether it be Spotify or Pandora or whatever. Or, and, uh, but you can stream it as you're talking to somebody on your phone. So if you're have, having a conversation and you just want a little background music, there's got to be an app. Maybe it already exists. I don't know. Because I'm out of the loop. All right? But as you're talking on the phone, you just can hear like a little background, you know, like uh, playing a little... Led Zeppelin in the background or a little bit of Devo or a little bit of who, who fucking knows, right? Whatever. Some uh, fucking Loretta Lynn. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you're just talking to, talking to your buddy and uh, in the background you got Coal Miner's Daughter playing, right? Some fucking thing. My other idea was uh, kind of a throwback app that you could download the f- the, the like an interface to to a uh, a rotary dial phone, you know, because it's kind of a, it's a thing of the past, but of a novelty. Not many people realize. Like if I gave my kids a rotary phone and asked them to make a call, they I don't know if they could. So it'd be cool to like download the interface of a, a rotary phone where you to make a call you actually had to go through the maneuvers of a of a rotary phone in, in digital form on the face of your 
smartphone, which would be more of a novelty than anything, wouldn't be applicable, wouldn't be advantageous, wouldn't benefit anybody, It'd just be kind of a weird throwback, you know, but, uh, but then finally my, uh, just, I thought, you know, what would really be interesting, what would really be a cool little venture would be to have a cafe that only serves pureed food and they would all be located right outside a dentist office right or an orthodontist so you just get out of like some kind of intense surgery you got your wisdom teeth pulled right and you can't go eat anything you can't eat solid food that's for sure you're not going to go through the drive through you know so you go right next door you can call it a fucking uh, ladle um, you can call it uh, you can call it uh, ladles are us <laughs> or, or or suck it or suck it bitch <laughs> I don't know that's... but um, I don't know if it ever comes together, you heard it. Here, you heard it here first, right? Well, but what I really, um, I thought this would be a more than anything a good opportunity to talk about. Um, I don't know, just things that have. Well, first, I want to give a shout out to a couple of uh, runners. It's the end of the summer. It's the end of the virtually pretty much the end of the track season. We're slowly going to metamorphose into cross-country season here pretty soon. Uh, football season starts up this week. You know, it's a big it's a big month. It's a transitional month. It's hot as fuck. But uh, football still, things, life goes on, right? You know? But I want to give a shout-out first to Jake Whiteman, the Scottish middle distance runner who won the world championships in the 1500 meters and beat none other than Jacob Ingebrigtsen from Norway, the Olympic champion an Olympic record holder. This guy came out of nowhere to outdistance a stellar field in the 1500 meters at the world championships in uh, Eugene, Oregon this year. And, um, and then he finally, they had the Brussels. It was, uh, I believe it's the, the Van Damme meet, the Evo named after Ivo Van Damme, the great uh, Brussels, the great Belgium uh, person. <laughs> but it's always been a great meet. I think that's where Mark Nienau broke the American record in the 10,000 meters uh, back in like 88 or whenever it was. But they just wrapped, they pretty much wrapped up the Diamond League uh, track and field championships for what it's worth. And uh, even though Jake Whiteman runs for Great Britain, it's under the uh, as a Scotsman because I don't the Scots don't have independence, don't they have? Shouldn't they get at least, you know, self-ruling for the Orkney Islands at the very least? But no, no, they have to run under the uh, flag of the British. How horrible is that? But. But he won the 800 meters in a Scottish record, 143. It's not a British record because uh, I believe Sebastian Coe, the head of the World Athletic Championships, the head of the, the governing body, rather, still has the uh, British record at 
which is insane. Is that his time, or is it? He used to be the world, uh, or was it one forty-seven? No, one forty-one point seven three. It was either him or Joaquin Cruz from uh, Brazil that had the eight hundred meter world record forever until a Kenyan broke it. But uh, anyway, long story short, Jake Whiteman. Congratulations. But the bigger story is our boy Grant Fisher, the ex-Stanford Cardinal, the high school phenom, the sub-four-miler, which I think he did in high school. Came out of, well, not out of nowhere. The guy's a stud. Um, He was fourth in the world championships, 10,000 meters this year. But he did break the American record in the 10,000 meters beginning of the season, running 26.33, which is just a staggeringly stupid time. Uh, But this fool came out of nowhere. Again, I don't think he really came out of nowhere, but he ran 12.53 indoors for the 5,000 meters, which is ridiculous. I mean... That's indoor time. Indoors is like early, early, like like April. It's like early season. But he wrapped up his uh, outdoor campaign with a second place in the 5,000 meters at the Van Dam meet and ran 12.46, breaking Bernard Lagat's uh, American record for 5,000 meters by a healthy seven seconds. That's a lot. That's a lot. And 12.46 for 5,000 meters, that's about 403 per mile. 403, 404 per mile for 3.1 miles. I mean, that's ridiculous. 1246. Because that's 3.1 miles, mind you. That's 12 and a half laps, right? So 12 laps is three miles. So you still got to go another half lap. So this motherfucker ran. He, he probably went through three miles at about 1210. No. 1216. Had to have been probably about 12.15, 12.16, which is really about a 4.05 per mile pace. But overall, see, he was... Because you know he was hitting it hard on that last lap. He probably did about a 54-second last lap. So the last 200 meters, he's probably doing 27-second last. So that's that means he's going through three miles at about 12.19. Is that right? 12.18? which is really about 406 per mile. But the overall average after that last that final last that last lap of 54 seconds brings you to an unofficial pace of about 404 per mile for 3 miles. Fucking staggering. So congrats, shout out to the, him. He had a great season. Uh but moving on, I just wanted to talk about well, I was going to talk about some monumental achievements. Monumental achievements. One being Grant Fisher, the other Jake Whiteman. You know, good for him. I'm always, always been a fan of the Scots, having spent a little bit of time up there with those crazy bastards up in the Highlands. You know, good group. They used to be uh, uh, up in. Uh, I spent a couple months up in the uh, area, the uh, of uh, the, the little hamlet of Fife, which is just before the uh, the Highlands there, and they. Um, there's a saying that goes, you have to have a long spoon to sup with a Pfeiffer, which means you've got to have 
a pretty long spoon to sit down to dinner with a uh, somebody from the town of Fife because uh, it's pretty aggressive. Like you got to be, you got to you got to be tough. You got to you got to earn it. So it's tough. It's a tough, unforgiving area. It's beautiful though. The Scots, they uh, very proud people. They fucking hate the British. So it must be rough running under the flag of the British if you're Scottish. They fuck. They can't stand Prince Andrew. That's for sure. When I was out there, there was no love lost. He's he had said some offhanded comment about the Scots when I was out there. This was in 95. I think he, God only knows what he said, but that, that motherfucker's getting his now that he's all wrapped up in that whole, uh, uh, whatever it is that, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the, the pedophile, the Jeffrey Epstein case, Prince Andrew's name's all over that <clears throat> log book, if you know what I mean, but fuck him, whatever. But moving on, speaking of uh, speaking of crazy uh, Europeans, I, I was uh, I'd mentioned I talked uh, a, a while back about this guy uh, Peter Freuken, who to me now uh, you know I always dabble in the subject of uh, Renaissance men and the most interesting people in the world, and he is I think he I think he could could very well be the most interesting man in the world, but that goes without. I mean, just isolating individual, like, accomplishments with this guy, like, is, he was, um, well, he, he lived about a hundred years ago. He went to, uh, he's, he's Danish. He went to the University of Copenhagen where he was studying, uh, some, some, some type of science of, uh, offhand, I can't recall, I don't remember which which discipline of science he was studying, but he was um, a little more rough around the edges. He wasn't, uh, you know, he was kind of rough looking, unshaven. He's about, he always kind of had a straggly beard. He's about six foot seven. He probably looked like some kind of Bigfoot character, but he was, um, but he was trying to earn a, a degree in, in, um, gosh, I wish I could recall which which type of science it was, but but he got mesmerized by the uh, uh, listening to um, classmates talk about explorations, particularly in the Arctic region. So he draw I he, I think he dropped out after a few years <clears throat> before he took a degree and went up and did uh, Arctic exploration for the next couple of years, tagged along on some research uh, tours and spent. And actually, uh, didn't end up ever coming back. He went up to Greenland and uh, to the uh, the city of Thule, T H U E T H U L E, Thule, Greenland, and um, which I believe is what they named the company after the Thule, the the, uh, the Thule gear carrier that you could buy all that all the accessories from REI. And uh, anyway, so he spent the next couple of years uh, on scientific expeditions, dog sledding across thousands of kilometers of uh, Greenland and 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 uh, the North Pole and uh, the Arctic Circle. This guy is a tough motherfucker. And ended up spending a couple of decades up there. He married an Inuit woman, uh, an indigenous woman had a couple kids with her and then she died in the Spanish flu epidemic in 1921. 
and then at that point, he'd been on several expeditions. And uh, one, in one particular instance, there was the famous poop chisel story. And the poop, <laughs> it's like, this is like the, this is the crowning achievement, I think, of this guy. Despite the fact that he uh, also killed a wolf with his bare hands, um, authored uh, over a dozen scientific books by the end of his life, uh, escaped a Nazi death warrant uh, during the uh, Second World War, and um, and again traversed Greenland and the Arctic Circle. I mean, for thousands of kilometers, pointing out to other explorers and proving that there was no uh, there was there was there was no river that separated the uh, North Pole from the rest of, of Greenland. Um, he, uh, his, his crowning achievement was when he was, uh, actually buried alive in an avalanche, in a snow avalanche on an exploration and fashioned a chisel out of his own feces to, uh, dig his way out of his frozen tomb. Um, he had, uh, according to the story, uh, being on so many uh, dog sled treks that he had noticed that the uh, the excrement that is that the dog that the snow the snow sled dogs would leave would harden to uh, beyond beyond the strength of a, of an actual metal chisel. Um, it dawned on him that being trapped in the snow, if he could just uh, you know grow a tail, so to speak, and uh, move his bowels and create a little duty that it would harden to the uh, consistency of a, uh, of a hand, of a hand tool, like a chisel, and dug his way out of his snowy tomb. So among all the other accomplishments that this guy has done, you know, all the books he's written and all the explorations, he's the most interesting man in the world. His, his beard actually froze to the ice in the tomb that he was uh, trapped in, where he had to rip his beard from his face and then dig his way out with a poop chisel. Um, that is the story that will always be attached to him. Um, so there you go. So that, that to me is pretty monumental achievement. So, but, but other than that, I don't know. I didn't have much else to talk about for this Labor Day. So I decided I'd just kind of recount a weird story I had a couple days ago in regard to my car. And I'm going to, then I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my car and I'm going to, I'm going to heap, I'm going to heap tons of praise upon this vehicle that I drive because, uh, I don't normally do that. I, I, I normally, I'm very reserved about, uh, my, my possessions because I don't, I don't, uh, it's just material goods, you know, like I say, it just, it doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, stuff comes and goes, but, but I, I just want to take a moment to, at, at the very least, just praise my car. All right. So here you go enjoy can i just tell you why i love this car it's such a jinx move you know but i gotta i've gotta declare my uh 
my undying love for this bad boy, this beast, because I had a crazy motherfucking day. It's about 125 degrees, and I started the morning out in um, uh, Modesto, watching my youngest, and it was my last uh, last day there, last day on the couch, which I believe was disguised as some kind of torture device or vice versa it was like it's not that's not a comfortable couch there's something wrong with it and uh but consequently uh i would awaken every morning at 5 30 and then um so but it gave me time to kind of uh fumble around for some coffee get myself acclimated it was it's um there's fans in the house but uh, I, I saw no trace of AC so I don't know if the grid went down just in um, in that particular zip code or what but it was hot so I got up and uh, the previous day I had made it all the way to uh, Laguna Day ball sack to do my hike and I was burnt my every everything got burnt like burnt like the bait and tackle my jumblies like were uh it's like a ballpark frank now you know it's 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 scorched it's scorched earth and uh, I'm red I'm like a turnip now so so as I um as I as my eyes came to and and uh lifted up like some banged up metal garage door I um made some coffee and I thought hey I'll try leaving about 10 minutes early I gave my daughter a hug and I hit the road thinking because of my my uh, my 20 year old texts me that they're leaving their flight should land at 5 30 so um by all accounts they should be back in Modesto by about 7 30 right so I'm getting a jump start on my Thursday morning weaving my way out I mean even Modesto is like nasty traffic now so but as soon as I got onto an adjacent road that that kind of flowed into the highway my TPMS monitor came on my damn tire pressure I'm like son of a bitch because when that happens there's all it's 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 not a bar it's not a barometric glitch it's I always hit a nail like the ratio that I have for this car running stuff over going through tires picking up nails uh hitting stuff getting hit is about a thousand to a thousand whatever that ratio is a thousand percent all the time because I'm literally on the road like 14 hours a day right so I'm like son of a bitch so I stop off in Ripon which is like the Central Valley Mayberry it's the Mayberry of Central Valley I pop in to make sure that I'm not losing a lot of air and it seems to be holding air so I'm fine so I race up to uh to Mather to um about an hour up the road and uh by the time I roll into town I get the I first call I got since Monday for the 9 a.m. route. And I'll use sons of bitches. Of course, of course you call me today. So, but I, I made it to the blood center 
Uh, got everything I had to take with me up into the foothills. Then went over to America's Tire to have them check to see if it's patch, a patchable fix. And uh, as luck would have it, everybody had flat tires this day. Like that's one parking lot. It's like uh, it's like a plumber. It's like it's like um, being a plumber. Like wherever you go, there's never a working toilet, you know, for work. And then so, consequently, where you you walk out of the parking lot of a America's Tire Company, and it's like uh, every tire's flat out there that's parked. It looks like some jaded ex-girlfriend just went through and just wreaked havoc, you know. So I waited in line. I got up. I said, hey. My friend, I got a unique situation. I, you've heard this story before. <laughs> I said, I'm a medical courier and I'm, I'm taking blood. I got to get blood to Folsom and then up into the foothills up to uh, Jackson. And uh, it's kind of a time-sensitive situation. I go, how long would it take to get the ti- my tire checked? And he's like, ah, oh, maybe three hours. I'm like, nah, it's not... I, I said, uh, I'm not really asking for any preferential treatment, but I'm kind of asking for a little preferential treatment here, if it's possible. And then his manager he talked to said, uh, you know, let me do what I can do again. You know, maybe I can get you in and out of here about hour, hour and a half. I'm like, all right, fuck it. That's beats trying to take off for another store and going through this possibility of the same, same situation. So I'm like, I waited it out. And sure enough, they got me in and out probably within an hour. So I was able to pick up the route because I didn't have all the stops. I just had to go to Folsom and then race up into the foothills. I didn't have to go to uh, Placerville. I didn't have to go to all the stops in Folsom, all the hospitals, all the hospitals in the foothills. Just just Sutter, Sutter Amador and Jackson and uh, Mercy Folsom. So I... and. As all this is taking place, of course, it's uh, the temperature is slowly. Cre- it's just it was this time last year that I was down on, on my way to Merced with my youngest as she was riding with me to go to drop off all this blood that uh, my my VW just gave up, and uh, the heat had just annihilated the the gasket the gaskets in my engine, and I'm like, oh god, this is just it's too much. It's too much. Like, am I going to, is this, can I survive this? Am I going to make it through this? But, you know, my car is, uh, it looks really clean and it's real durable, but it's been through a lot. I've, I've been rear-ended already. Uh, what else? Um, I've hit stuff. I'm, I'm not a good driver. Um, I've run over, I've, I've replaced every tire. Um, oh, I ran over a basketball a couple weeks ago in Placerville. Like what the hell? Just some basketballs rolled right out in the middle of the road. I ran right over that son of a bitch. Didn't pop. I'm like, if I can, if, 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 if this car is drivable after all that, like I'm, I should be golden. Right. But, uh, so I get done and then I make my way, uh, I had to stop off and grab some more coffee, um, and I grabbed some lunch after my route, and then made my way down to Midtown downtown to pick up uh, from these these psychos down there. 
And uh, Thursday, if I survive, if I survive the first two stops of my second route on Thursday, then I'm golden. So, because I'm already I'm already packed out to max capacity. Like it's like a there's like a fire. I'm, I'm breaking all kinds of fire codes and stuff just inside my car with all these boxes and you know instruments and medical related shit. But I pack about 12 boxes in there. And I race down to Elgrove, praying I, there's no more than... I know I can handle six. I would prefer five boxes. But if need be, I'll do seven. And don't ask me how. And then on the way down, my buddy Mike calls me. And I missed his call because I'm on the other line. My mom's calling, making sure I'm, I haven't died because it's 153 degrees up. So then I finally get a hold of him and his brother's out in Santa Barbara trying to stay on top of the f- fires that are going on out there. I mean, it's just, it's just chaos everywhere. There's like, they've got goats. They've got, they've, there's, the, there's a goat herder that's been, that's been dispersing about five dozen goats on the sides of the creek along the creek, the, the bike trail that I hike along trying to eat all the roughage and the, 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 dry, the dry grass to, to uh, stave off and eliminate any possibility of some major, because if that goes up, we're, I mean, Roseville's done. It's just dry as it, it, it doesn't get any drier. This, it makes you think of that, like how bad, how bad it must be for the homeless right now. My God, if they're just sitting in their tarps and their tents and their cars and there's even the water, there's no running water. Like it's just, if there is water, it's hot. It's like fog. It's just, you're at the, you know, you're at the max, you are at the max threshold of comfort, of discomfort. And I'm just hoping like the kids make it on the plane. The plane comes in on time because I'm, I'm a, it's a free for all today. It's a free for all. Cause I, I get down to El Grove. There's six boxes, which is fine. It's perfect. But it packs me out and I am packed. I am packed out. So I make my way back to the blood center. And as I make it a right, boom, I hit this Asian lady in a white Prius. And I saw her make the turn. She made it right. And then I, as, as I look over my left shoulder, make sure there's any traffic coming and, and accelerate. I hit her because she pulled out to make the right and then stopped. And then I hit her, but there's not one trace not one trace. That's why I love this car. There's not one wrinkle on this car. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like that, it's like that, uh, whatever that material that Bob Lazar was working on in Area 51 in Vegas with that spaceship that he, that they found. What is it called? It's called, uh, something 151 or some fucking thing. You know, you can crumple it up. It'll just spring back to its original form. Like, that's what I think this car is made of. Like, honestly. And, um, like, Iridium. Iridium 151. Is that what I'm driving? And so, uh, but she's like, I'm like, she's getting out. And she's trying to take pictures of nothing. There's nothing that had, that had happened. And I'm like, would you pull over? Just pull over so I can pull up and get out of the way of all these other people. And I get out. There's nothing wrong with my car. Nothing wrong with her car. I'm like, you are. I said, are you all right? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
my heart's beating fast. I'm like, all right, call me tomorrow. Let me know what's up. Let me know what's up. We didn't, she didn't ask for my insurance. I gave her my, uh, my license, but, um, anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see what shakes loose with that. But, and then I still had to go up to Placerville and, uh, and fight this heat and, uh, Oh, and I bought a couple of books too, by the way. I got it <laughs> before I picked up in Midtown, before I picked up all the plasma and I mean the uh, platelets at the, from these crackheads in, uh, in Midtown, I stopped off and I got a couple of good books. I got Sombrero Fallout by Richard Brodigan. I think I'm going to go back down that road with old Dick Brodigan and uh, Hero of the Dispossessed and Tom Robbins. And then uh, I also got... Uh, Oh, Hotel New Hampshire by John Irving. So that's what's on par for the evening now as I as I make my way. I got one last stop here. It's 640. It's 20 to 7 at night, and it's still 104 degrees. And all these assholes that are donating blood can go straight to hell for all I care. But anyway, that was my Thursday. But long story short, I guess, if that's not too late... Um, I text Chloe, my 20-year-old, at like about 5.55. She texts me back about 5.59. I asked her if she landed. She just touched down. They're an SFO. She's a savage. So that means I don't have to drive back down to Modesto tonight to sleep in that kind of torturous chamber of, I don't know, that 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 couch that uh, doubles as some kind of like uh, waterboarding device and uh, but but when, just when I thought I was clear just when I thought I was clear I had to race up to well I was I still had to make it to Placerville and uh, when I got up there, the boxes are all wet. Like, it's always something, you know, because like, they ice these things down. They ice these. They're like little little pouches. They look like Capri Suns full of blood, blood and plasma. And the plasma looks like uh, orange juice concentrate. And they got to pack them in uh, ice or uh, the frozen. The, there's a frozen product. Um they got to pack an ice. And I don't know what happened to the ice, but it must have melted. So now I got to race. I got to race this shit that back down, back down the hill, and get it to the the blood center ASAP before the bottom falls out of these boxes and uh, and any of the product goes bad. Could you imagine? Like if I ever get hit, you know. Speaking of this car, speaking of like how much I, I you know, I love this car, you know. I've, I've taken it through hell. I've driven it across snow to, in, in, in Oregon. I've taken it down south in the wasteland of, wastelands of Bakersfield. And uh, <clears throat> so I'll be damned if I'm going to go down like that. I, uh, I, made it, I made it down it and, and uh, you know, packed with, packed solid with uh, blood. But if I got in an accident, it would be a bloodbath. It would be a literal bloodbath. There would be blood all over the highway. And, uh, but it kind of expedites a lot of my situations. I could, like when I needed those tires up in Jackson, when half the town was burning down, 
I, uh, I got in and out because I had to get this blood. I got to get this blood to the hospital. You, y'all don't understand. I ain't got three hours. I'm not a retiree with a fucking 850 credit score with nothing to do, nowhere to go, except to, you know, go out and go suspender shopping and uh, sit around waiting for my tire to get fixed. It's, uh, I'm in the now business, you know? So it's like, uh, it's a whole Buddhist thing. Be here now. I'm present and accounted for. I'm ready to roll. Let's do this, man. I ain't got time. Ain't nobody got time to wait around. But yeah, the amount of, I don't know. I think I spent a small fortune just in, in maintenance on this with tires. I get an oil change every five days. And, uh, and, uh, I just, I got to give it up. I got to give it up for this car of mine. I'm telling you, you know, like they say, you, uh, you wear Italian, you kiss French and you drive German. And, uh, so knock on wood. Um, it's a fastidious beginning to this, this hell, hellscape of a heat wave, which I, I, I text, uh, I text Chloe. I said, yeah, welcome back to America. It's, uh, welcome back to, uh, El Diablo, Diablo Canyon. It's hot as hell. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just, but, but I will say the most forgiving part of the next few days, or at least the next well, through the weekend into Labor Day is uh, I've got short little dink and dunk little uh, obligations and accountabilities to take care of, and uh, it's not going to be anything hopefully drawn out. Knock on wood, it's not going to be too drawn out. I can't. I'm not going to do it. Um, so all we got to do, all we got to do, is make it through. Make it through to Labor Day. Can you? Ma- I mean, what the hell? Whatever happened to the? You know, once it. Once you made it to September, man, it was like the other side of the, you know, the bridge in Sleepy Hollow. You're fine. You're cool. You're protected. You know, they can't get you anymore. But no, man, it's a whole new set of rules. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't ever recall it ever being this extreme. So there you have it. I hope you guys are staying cool. I need to get. Uh, I'm going to get an above ground pool for the living room and, uh, or maybe a freezer I could just fill with ice and sit in. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, it just seems like we're just, we're just going to survive this summer with the skin of our teeth now, aren't we? But, oh boy, let's go people. We're almost through it. We almost made it. We almost made it. Some might feel it's wrong to characterize the nurses over at the Folsom Donation Center, the, uh, the Blood Donor Center, rather, as uh, we, it, would be, it would be misrepresenting them to characterize them as the uh, Hocus Pocus witches, but they're it's pretty close, you know? They're, they're over there kind of like, you know, draining the town of blood like a bunch of vampires, for one, but that being said, I still had to wrap that up, and I was... It was a long day. It was from 5.30 on. And what happened the night before was I got in uh, about a uh, quarter to eh, 10 to 9, about, about almost 9 o'clock. And uh, my youngest was sitting there waiting on the couch. You know, she 
did her presentation, she said that it was there was a stunned silence because nobody knows what the hell sentimental comedies from the 18th century are. <laughs> and I said, you know what this calls for? This calls for some McDonald's. Let's let's just fucking go. Let's just go. She was asking Mon- I think Monday, no Tuesday night, for some McDonald's. I'm like, you can't eat that stuff. That stuff's just you know it sits by itself you know in your in your in your stomach lining for you know a half century so but I finally just the final night you know Wednesday night I'm like fuck it let's go so but you gotta drive I made her drive we both had our shoes off we both drove barefoot over there uh so she flew and I bought you know I said you fly I'll buy and uh so we hopped in her little check engine light and uh drove on over to McDonald's and I and it, it just and we of course on the main drag of McHenry Avenue there which is the setting the the street that American Graffiti is based on uh, all the potentially healthy uh, establishments along that fine road uh, were uh, unadorned with uh any patrons, customers, anything, but gets McDonald's and that thing, that was like fucking the Pope was, the Pope was in town, you know, like that drive-thru was packed out, so we sat in there and she got a a, a Happy Meal with, (laughs) like two of the smallest, like those little red French fry holders, like it came with two of those with two French fries in each one, I'm like, what the fuck are they, what, what is this all about, but... But while we were sitting in the drive-thru, I just pondered the notion. I said to her, what if, you know, I got to, you know, I, 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 I kind of had to confess that I'm, you know, as your dad, I'm not, I'm just not that bright, okay? And would it be weird if, like, I just was held back so much that by the time, see, she's a senior, she's a 17-year-old senior, that, uh, if I was held back so much, so much in school that I actually was a senior at the same time she was, would that be awkward? <laughs> we just kind of, we just kind of like pantomime scenarios, her being a theater arts aficionado. We kind of uh, pondered the notion of her walking into some, you know, math class and, uh, well, not a math class. I wouldn't have even made that class, maybe an English two class or a something of that nature. And her just kind of being nudged by her friends and being asked, is that your dad? <laughs> but she seemed to find it. Uh, I don't know. She, um, I just enjoyed, you know, palling around with her, tooling around town. And, uh, even though it was like 9.15 at night, it was still 120 degrees, which was nice. And then, uh, but uh, I guess this is my life now. I guess this is kind of like all the, you know, it's kind of, oh, and my lady's changing her name to mine. My last name. She's taking, like, we're not even married yet. I mean, that's her goal. She's like kind of like, by default, she's got, she's got me set up to marry her and I didn't even ask, but... You know, we've been together 11 years, and um, she went down. She went down uh, Thursday to, uh, I guess, 
Roseville City Hall to get the packet for a name change. I said, you should change your middle name. Well, she said, I'm going to change my middle name to, I hate my middle name. I said, we should change it to a symbol like when Prince did it, you know. But so she's taken uh, this, I mean, now the pressure's on. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to look a little awkward if you, you know, blow me out or excommunicate me from your church, from the church of Christina. And still have my last name. So it's going to be a weird social media post when you've, uh, you know, telling everybody that uh, what a creep that I that I am. And then uh, and I, and she changed her name. I, she even got her, my my initials, I told you she got her, uh, my initials tattooed on her, uh, kind of a, uh, just below her collarbone. I'm like, is that a, that seems pretty permanent there. Pete Davison, what are you going to do? But, uh, no, I'm all in. I'm good. You know, she's really, man, she just, she's, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the heat that got to her or what, but she's been dialed. I mean, she took uh, Wednesday and Thursday off. She got the house dialed, cleaned up, um, did some grocery shopping. She went down, she got her eyes checked. She's getting some uh, an upgrade on her glasses. She needs, she needed glasses. Um, and then she got the name change packet. I'm like, wow, she's kind of leading the charge on this whole, I don't know, the next venture of life, right? Like the third stage. This is like, uh, it's like a hockey game. We're in the third period. We're in the quarterfinals. So, uh, let's see what shakes loose. But, but, uh, just thought I'd throw this little bonus episode out to y'all. It's, uh, I'll probably drop it. Well, I'll drop it whenever. I mean, you're listening to it right now. So what day is it? I don't know. Enjoy. I hope y'all have a great uh, Labor Day weekend. You're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. I don't know why. I don't know what that's all about, but, uh, uh, I don't know. It's time to, uh, rewrite the myths now. So, all kinds of crazy stuff coming down, coming down the pike. So, enjoy your Labor Day weekend, folks. And I love every one of you, each and every one of you. Arrivederci, babies.